1: This is what it sounded like Wednesday at what some call our temple of democracy.
0: We are still following the story of today's violent occupation of the U.S. Capitol building by pro-Trump extremists. Some crashes inside the building.
2: Uh, protesters are throwing bottles and cans uh, at the police pushing in. This is not dissent. It's disorder. It's chaos, It borders on sedition, and it must end.
1: Americans across the country are trying to understand exactly what happened when a pro-Trump mob stormed the Capitol complex. That mob broke in at the exact moment Congress was certifying Joe Biden's presidential victory. Today, we're hearing calls for President Trump to be impeached, censured or removed from office entirely as soon as possible. And the calls aren't just coming from Democrats.
2: For the president to go out today when everybody's in a heightened emotional state after being falsely promised that somehow Congress can magically pick the next president,
0: uh, he completely shirked his responsibility as president to keep the American people safe.
1: That's Congressman Adam Kinzinger of Illinois, a member of the president's own party. Joining us now is Caitlin Kim, D.C. reporter for Colorado Public Radio. She was inside the building covering the vote when pro-Trump extremists stormed the Capitol yesterday afternoon. Lynn, walk us through what was going through your mind when you realized that the Capitol was under siege.
0: I was in the House press gallery. So the House floor, there's a little sort of balcony area above it. I was there. I was there basically to do my job. I was reporting on the congressional count that was happening right now. The chambers had broken up. Uh, the house was in, the, in its chamber. The Senate back in, in its chamber to talk about the Arizona objection. So I was there and I was, you know, listening to the debate. Uh, I represent Colorado, so I was listening for the Colorado members' uh, discussion. The doors were all open and I could hear the walkie-talkies of Capitol Police um, squawking a lot, like a lot. It's usually so quiet, you can yeah. hear a pin drop, but like it was squawking. So I knew something was going on and I could hear faint sort of, chanting outside in the crowds Um, i had decided when the colorado people were over to go back to my desk over on the senate side and as i was walking there i could actually see that the crowds had actually stormed the barricades that were outside on the east side of the building you know there's this like sort of blacktop and in the morning they were on the other side of the lawn on the blacktop and now that they were sort of pouring into the blacktop and going up the stairs and as i was passing through the rotunda i could actually hear them banging on the doors. the rotunda I was I was a floor up and I could hear them and if I peeked over this this big guard like this big barrier I could see people at the doors and I was like I really should get to my desk wow so um yeah so I was at my desk and for about 10 about in about 10 minutes later there was this emergency um message that went off saying basically we have to all shelter in place
1: so when were you forced to, to flee and where'd you go
0: um, so we were sheltering in place in our area for a while. I mean, it sounds weird, but in a, in a past life, I worked for the State Department and they sort of train you what to do in case the embassy is breached. So once that right. security message went off, we were kind of just doing what we had to, to sort of make sure we were safe, you know, making it look like no one was in the room, turning off lights making sure there was that the door was locked making sure that inside this area that we were in everyone had a, a secure location that they could go to turning off our phones we're not turning them off but making sure that they were on vibrate and not ringing so we wouldn't let people know where we were very it important was, yeah. yeah it was it was very it was surreal you don't i i expected this in a foreign country not yeah. at the US Capitol.
1: Yeah, you've served overseas as a foreign service officer in the State Department. And I bet you never thought that you would have to apply that training here, Lynn.
0: No, I never did. You know, this is America. We are the shining example for a lot of countries uh, for how a democracy should operate. It does operate. And yesterday, when I was finding a little secure place for me to go and lock the door and finding, like, grabbing my pair of scissors just in case you needed a weapon, and I was always hearing the chanting of these rioters going through the building, you know, USA, USA, Trump, Trump. And I was just like, this is not how the USA operates. Um, It was mind blowing to be perfectly honest. And I I don't think I've really still processed it all.
1: I bet you, you cover politics Lynn and and the federal government, and you spend a lot of time on Capitol Hill from your perspective in, in terms of police response that you witnessed yesterday. How did the situation compare with what we saw in the summer with the Black Lives Matter protests?
0: The Capitol Police know when they're going to be protests and they prepare for it. You know, they put these barriers up and you saw that in the summer with the Black Lives Matter protests. You saw that, you know, today or not today, yesterday and the day before when they knew there were going to be a lot of Trump protesters out there. I think the biggest difference for me was I remember in the in the summer, You know, after one day of protest, the second day, they had all this riot gear outside and ready to go. They didn't have any riot gear yesterday. And when I came in today, there was no riot gear outside and ready to go. I will say, though, I think the Capitol Police, you know, did a a good job. The ones that I saw yesterday, they did a great job in making sure we were safe, at making sure that the members were safe, the staff was safe. So I I am very appreciative of that. But I think moving forward, one of the big questions is going to be how, Did something like this happen? And there are going to be questions about what needs to be done in the future to prevent something like this happening again.
1: Now, Lynn, there was a mad scramble from lawmakers once the building was breached. Many of them headed to their office, others to secure locations just like you. Here are our local lawmakers uh, describing the scene and, and their mood just a few hours after the breach.
0: The Capitol Police came to my door,
2: knocked extremely loudly and said, get out, get out, get out. Um, And so I evacuated along with my staff. Never before uh, have we seen uh, anything like this occur here.
0: The responsibility for this, uh, what happened today, lies at the foot of President Trump.
1: And also with every politician who's tolerated lies and threats of violence and failed to speak out against it. That was Democrat Bill Foster, along with his fellow Illinois Democrats Chuy Garcia and Raja Krishnamoorthy, describing what they saw and, and placing the blame for the violence squarely on the shoulders of the president, which is is quite familiar. Uh, Lynn, give us a, a sense of what happened after all the scrambling. You guys, the lawmakers, after everyone sort of scattered.
0: So I think there was a lot of a lot of time where lawmakers were locked in together talking about it. I mean, one of the things they really wanted to do was show that Congress was still functioning. So they wanted to go back and finish the count. And we talked to a number of senators as they were walking back. Um, and you heard a lot of the, the same words, you know, disappointed, dismayed, angry, sad about what happened today in the in the building. Disgraceful. And what I found striking was um, Roy Blunt, he is one of the senators, a uh, Republican senator, you know he was asked, what do you want to hear from President Trump tonight? And he said, I don't want to hear anything. And I thought that was very telling. I think Mm. even people on both sides of the aisle that were just dismayed by what had occurred in this building. And when I was back in the Senate chamber, when they came back to to finish the debate on Arizona, everyone was mainly their, their speech was more about sort of what had happened and about toning down the political discourse and how this is not sort of what America stands for. And I thought that was also very telling.
1: Well, here's a little of what Illinois' US Senators Dick Durbin and Tammy Duckworth said last night.
2: I earned my wounds proudly fighting in a war I did not support on the orders of a president I did not vote for because I believed in, and I still do believe in, the values of our nation. The vote
1: we're going to have here is a clear choice of whether we are going to feed the beast of ignorance or we are going to tell the truth to the American people. We saw that beast today roaming the halls. Let's not invite it back.
2: I have no tea to throw in Boston Harbor tonight. And I regret that I have no rucksack to pack for my country, no Black Hawk to pilot. nor am I asking for any grand gesture from my Republican colleagues. All that I'm asking of you is to reflect on the oaths that you have sworn, on the damage done to our union today, and on the sacrifices made by those who have given so much to this nation.
1: Wow. Powerful, powerful speech. Lynn, there were a handful of Republicans who, even after the Capitol was stormed and breached, they still decided not to certify the vote, right?
0: Uh, Yes. For the, at least for the Arizona count, I believe it was six senators who said, we're going to support the objection. And for the Pennsylvania, and even when they came back, um, when they, you know, in joint session, someone, both a senator and a congressman objected to the Pennsylvania vote. And that, I believe, was seven senators that voted to uphold the, uh, the objection there. Yeah.
1: Now, Lynn, I just want to say, I'm glad that you're okay. You know, after years of president Trump labeling the media enemy of the, the enemy of the state, right? Fake news. Mm-hmm. That mob really also targeted journalists there as well. I saw them smashing equipment, um, as, as well as the lawmakers. So before we let you go, I do want to ask what's going to be on your mind as the country begins to move on from these events.
0: For me, it's sort of more the big picture stuff, like how does the country heal from something like this? This has been a a major rupture, I think. I'm hopeful that a lot of people are sort of questioning where we go from here and how we we unite again from all this. I mean, it is shocking what happened the last 24 hours.
1: We'll stay safe out there. That's Lynn Kim, DC reporter for Colorado Public Radio. Lynn, thank you for your service in the State Department, your your service as a reporter, getting the facts right, and also for coming on this show. Thank you very much. And that's today's reset. If you like to be taken inside the stories that matter to you most, make sure you're subscribed to this podcast and give the pod a rating and review. It only takes 30 seconds and it really helps other people find us. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Thanks for listening. We'll meet again tomorrow.